Hey folks, just wanted to encourage everyone to continue checking out the Witch Please 500 videos I've been posting on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. I received a whole pile of live performances from local artists from across the spectrum of Winnipeg musical genres, and I'm posting one or two a day for the foreseeable future on all those platforms. Originally, it was intended to be one big mega, mega video, but the uh, computing power needed for that would have blown up my entire house. So. I'm doing a couple a day, and uh, they're getting a lot of good response, and I hope you check them out. This episode of the podcast is my conversation with Jared Adams, who just released his first solo album, and we talk about that, we talk about his history with the band Color by Numbers, and a whole lot more. Hope you enjoy it. Here it comes. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, once again, on the um, remote calls, which, you know, as I keep saying every week, is sort of, this is what normal is now, because we're in this weird pandemic situation, and this is kind of how I re- record the podcast these days. But um, I'm on the line with someone who has not actually been on the podcast before, and I was thinking about it, because I-, I know I interviewed you with your band for Mum's House, like, years ago now, and I was, in my brain, I was thinking, oh, that was an episode of the podcast, but it really wasn't. This is your actual first appearance of any kind on Witch Police Radio. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. I, 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 it gets all mixed up because I've had I've done so many episodes now that like trying to remember who I've actually talked to formerly on the show and who I've just talked to in passing or for something else. Yeah, totally. But yeah, no, it's it's cool that you're you're uh, on on now because I mean you have a new record out and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. But I think just to start things off, if you want to just introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about the music you're doing these days. Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Jared Adams. Um, I just put out my first solo record, uh, but in the past I've played in the band Color by Numbers, which has been well, still kind of going on. Actually, the band's okay. not yet. But uh, yeah, and the solo record's kind of just sort of a departure from that Color by Numbers sound. It's sort of something a bit different, and that's kind of where I'm at now, I guess. <laughs> cool, cool. Well, and and you know. I- I usually try not to do the whole, like, let's start at the beginning and and do your whole musical life story thing. (laughs) But something came up online a few days ago when you'd posted an old picture. And you were in a band that I randomly sort of stumbled upon at a thrift store and bought the CD of. So I think maybe we should start that way with this episode. Is is just, like, what is your background playing in local bands? Uh, Yeah, so I guess, yeah, it started in high school. Um, And the first band I was in... Well, I guess technically the second band was called The Ruffigans. first band was called The Pretty Chillin' Dudes. That only lived for about <laughs> seven seven or eight months. And we basically nice. just switched. We got a new singer, and it was basically the same band, just different singer. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so The Ruffigans was kind of the first band where we started playing like uh, shows and whatnot that weren't just like either in the school gym or at the, the church where we rehearsed. Sure. Um, so that was sort of the first real foray into the Winnipeg music scene, I guess. Um and then from there, I kind of always just sort of been in and out of bands um, over the years. And Color by Numbers is one of the ones that actually lasted longer than all the other ones. Cool, and, cool. Yeah. Well, the Ruffigans—that's the band I was talking about. That I so as people probably know who you know either listen to the show or follow me on social social media or whatever. I tend to hoard local music. I know hoard is a negative word, but I, I do try to uh, whenever I find an album by a local band, whether I know of them or not, and it's available to pick up in some way, I usually 
take it home with me. So, uh, I was at Valley Village, the one on Ellis. Uh, this is back in the Ellis. before in the before time when you could still you know go to stores right. and, and buy things. Yeah. And, everything. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I bought a bunch of stuff. There was a bunch of local bands, and then I saw this Ruffigan CD, and I had no idea what it was. But you know, usually when I don't know what it is, I, I open it up and try to look and see if I can figure out you know based on the liner notes or something what the connection is. And it was like, oh, this is a local band. Okay, and it's got a horn section. All right, take us over. And so like to this day, I've had no actual information about what that band is i've listened to the cd and like you know I, I get what they sound like and stuff but i had no frame of reference for who these guys were how old they were what kind of like part of the city they were from any of that so it was very exciting to see a picture that like you know you posted it was like oh this is a guy who was in that band but you mentioned that you weren't on that actual album right yeah that that's uh i guess uh, around that time, I, I sort of decided that being a rock star was cooler than being a good musician. Yeah. And so they kind of kicked me out of the band because I wasn't really pull, pulling my weight, I guess. Okay, okay. <laughs> but that was kind of weird, like in the middle of recording at the time. So I had played on some of the stuff, but I guess they went back and re-recorded some of it because maybe it just wasn't as tight as it could have been or whatever. I don't know. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I actually wasn't on that record, even though I was like a, you know, a founding member of the band, I guess. And sure. <laughs> well, when you say like, you know, wanting to be a rock star... <laughs> Can you elaborate that a little on that a bit? Because uh, just thinking of color by okay. numbers, you guys don't seem like you know a very rock no, star at uh, all, right? I, I I met some people from Transcona, okay. so I mean that that's the first problem right there. Right, sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, well, not a problem, but um, yeah, we went like just partying a lot and whatnot, and uh, a lot of alcohol and sure. stuff. So sure. it's kind of like I I you know because I was in this this phase of like oh the Ruffigans are actually doing well, like people are recognizing who we are. It's like oh this is cool. And now suddenly meeting all these cool people who are like, oh, yeah, we're having fun and partying and drinking and playing music. I'm like, sweet, this is awesome. So I got, like, so into all that and sort of forgot about, you know, also being a good musician. <laughs> right, right. The, the important part. Showing right? up yeah, to yeah. practices and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, learning the songs, all that stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. So then, like, I guess just to, to skip forward a bit here, I mean, I know, like we said, Color by Numbers has been around for a while. And it, as you mentioned, it's still like, semi-active at this point. What... I guess this this solo project you're doing now. How long have you had these songs in the works? Like, is this something you've wanted to do for a long time? Um, I mean, I've always sort of like I've always sort of been like recording my own music that I never thought would be like a cover by numbers song. This is that I oh, okay. always just like okay. write songs and sort of demo them and have this like plethora of music that never really became anything more than just a song on my hard drive on my computer or whatever. Um, but so about four, probably almost five years ago now, Alex Koza and I and Alex, who plays in Cover Numbers, yep. we were uh, in the at the cavern waiting for a band to start. And we were talking about like whatever, and somehow the conversation got to talking about me. And Alex was just like, "You know, Jared, you have a real tragic nostalgia about you." Okay. And I was like, "Stop, stop! Like that's <laughs> that's it. That's gonna be my first solo record. That's yeah, yeah. the name of it." And so it kind of snowballed from there. And I was like, "Okay, so I should start writing these songs." So I kind of you know, took that theme of tragic nostalgia and kind of like, and it's funny actually talking to a lot of people lately about the theme of nostalgia and everyone always is like, Oh, I picture nostalgia as a happy thing. And I was like, it's funny because like the way I've been writing these songs for the last like five years, I've started to look at nostalgia as like the sort of, uh, not necessarily in a negative way, but that, that sense of wanting to regain or whatever, get back the youth you had or whatever, and sort of become young again, I guess, in some ways. Um, and so then I was, yeah, wrote those songs and kind of, I knew that they would be different than the Cal by Numbers stuff. Like the Cal by Numbers stuff is very sort of straightforward indie rock or whatever you want to call yeah. it, alt rock. Um, with a pop, with a definite pop edge though, right? I mean, there's definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah yeah. 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 Very, very poppy. Yeah. Um, but I knew that these songs would be like, there's, you know, there's a couple of songs in the album that have strings on them sure. and 
just more like lush arrangement. I think it's one song that has like seven guitars or whatever. Oh, so it's yeah. sort of just like, <laughs> I knew that they would be different from that. And so that was kind of where it started was that conversation with me and Alex. And then um, finally, like last year, I decided, you know, I'd have to start actually demoing these songs and kind of get my butt into gear and actually record this album and okay. put it out there. Did when he, when he, gave you that kind of term to start the album the, the the title of the album did you like were you planning on after that kind of making songs that tailored to that concept that tragic- yeah kind of I, I think that's sort of the direction i went with it was i knew that like if the album's gonna be called tragic nostalgia yeah. um then all the songs in the album should have some sort of relation to that kind of theme so i guess it's a semi sort of uh uh what do you call it like a concept album i guess in sure, some ways sure there and there is some like lyrical motifs that repeat throughout the album so I guess it does sort of have that kind of tying it together. Okay. And was that intentional or did it just sort of like work out that way after you realized when you put everything together? Uh, no, I, it was it was intentional. Like um, I, I was thinking as I was writing the songs, like what I was kind of every song I sort of thought like what part of my life that I'm sort of tragically nostalgic for. Sure. Can I pull from to write the lyrics for this song? And so, yeah, every song kind of has like some sort of themes and some of them are a little bit looser to the tragic nostalgia theme and other ones are more like on the nose with it. But it was sort of a a conscious decision to do that sort of thing. Are you the type of guy who kind of, uh, this isn't the right word, but like wallows in nostalgia? Is that something that like, do you really kind of feel like it's important? uh, Wallow sounds bad, right? But you know what I mean? Like some people are just kind of like in bed. It's it's kind of one of those things where... Um, and it's, it's so funny cause you know, I mean, I realize I'm only like early thirties right now. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's sort of, I shouldn't feel like I'm old cause I'm not really old at all. You know, I'm not like yeah, 75 yeah. trying to put out an yeah. album or something with no history of music or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess I sort of sometimes revel in the past and do have a bit of a tragic nostalgia about me. So. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, that, that whole concept of being old, like I'm in my late thirties now. Right. And, and, and I definitely, uh, feel the nostalgia thing like i haven't played in a band in a while probably like a decade or more which might be why but just um i think that there is this the idea of being old like now you know 40 is the new 50 and 60 the new seven whatever you know or the other way around but like it seems like because there's so much new stuff happening especially in music and the way Mm -hmm. that music is changing so rapidly and the way you consume it and the way it's being made and all these new genres are popping up like i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's uncommon for someone to feel like they want to go back to a simpler time yeah, like I don't even use Spotify, and that makes neither me do I. Feel I don't. I don't either. <laughs> no, I, I don't use any of them. I use. I listen to tapes and records and CDs. Like I, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have all my stuff on my my phone. Like all my music's like downloaded or whatever, ripped off a of CD. Yeah. Like I want to have it that way, so I don't you know lose it in the cloud or whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 But that's probably just me being old about it. Like it's probably totally Spotify is probably fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. I just I just I refuse to 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 do it. And and yeah. I, I, but that's the thing, right? Like someone who's uh, I mean 18 now the way that they consume music and the way they're, they're just the music revolves around their whole social life and everything is going to be drastically different than it was for you. And that's not really that big of an age gap when you think about it. Right. Yeah. No, it's like you know, 15 years or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. It's not a huge. So the stuff, you're, I don't know the stuff you're being nostalgic for probably to a, that 18 year old kid, it probably seems like a generation ago. Right. I oh, mean, for sure. It, it's funny actually like looking back on stuff and like looking back on how I, when I was like 15, 16, how I viewed like the seventies and eighties Yeah, yeah. and thinking about it now, it's like, I mean, I was born in 88. It's so, like 77, you know, the peak of like, you know, seventies rock and yeah. roll was only like 10 or 11 years before I was born. Like it's not a huge time, but to me it always felt like, like that's so long ago. Sure, like that's yeah. way in the past, yeah. you know, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you're right. Like an 18 year old now, like looking back at how I would have listened to music, like, you know, in my uh, teens, 
would be yeah. like, wow, you're old. <laughs> yeah, you're ancient. What is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is an A-Track 3 CD? What does that mean? Totally, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, it's a CD you can put 150 songs on. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> is there a cloud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
So, like, uh, as far as the actual music, though, like, did you, was there a, an, an idea of, of getting nostalgic sounds as well? Or was it just sort of more the concepts and the lyrics and the uh, the feel of everything? I think it was, yeah, more the concepts and the feel and the lyrics. Like, I didn't really, if I wanted to make it sound nostalgic, I would have made it sound like, you know, like Foo Fighters or something sure. of the early 2000s, probably something that I'm nostalgic for. Like, that's the kind of music when, if I hear, like, a Foo Fighters album or, uh, I don't know, like, if a Simple Plan song comes on, not that I listen to Simple Plan, but if I heard yeah, yeah. it, it'd be one of the things that, like, makes me feel nostalgic, right? It's, like, that sort of style would be, like, nostalgia for me in terms of sound-wise. So okay. I don't think I really tried to do that on the album. There's more the lyrics and the feel of it. Okay. Do you do you find that the, the process of writing is different, writing for yourself versus writing for a band? Well, I mean, because, you know, the, you this is basically your decision of what happens, everything that happens on it, right? Versus dealing with two other guys or three other guys or, or more, depending on the band. Yeah, I, I I think the the writing process is similar because usually when I'm writing stuff for Color by Numbers, I, I usually bring like almost a fully formed song to okay. the band, yeah. and so we'll kind of just work off it from there and maybe change a few things around. So I think the writing process is very similar, but it's more the recording process is quite different because once you're in the studio and mixing and stuff, it's like at that point I have like full say over everything. So it's like, sure. oh, like we want another guitar here, let's put another guitar in here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So that that that's the part that's different, and that's the part that's actually kind of somewhat. Not not detrimental, but the the lack of collaboration sometimes kind of like having collaboration definitely helps bring songs more to life. I found so I mean, this album I didn't really collaborate too much, and there was some stuff when we got into recording that some of the other guys on the album were like, "Oh, let's try this, let's try that," okay. and it's okay. really cool. But I almost feel I wish I'd sort of maybe tried to collaborate with somebody on some of the recordings or the, the writing to kind of get a different perspective on it, so that maybe the songs would have I don't know something that I wasn't thinking about on them. Right. Well, because you're too, you're too immersed in it, right? I mean, if you're writing right. and you're involved in every aspect of recording them, like you're you're so in it that it's hard to. You get so stuck in the idea that it's like, oh, this song is supposed to be like this. I shouldn't yeah. change it. I shouldn't try anything else. But sometimes you need that outside influence to be like, no, try this, try that. Sure. And well, sometimes it's amazing. <laughs> and you might be hearing things kind of in your head while you're listening to it that are there in your head but aren't necessarily there on the recording, right? Because you just have this concept of how the song is supposed to go, and yeah, so it's it's nice to have outside influ- input for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. When, um, like, the timing of this release, was it affected by the pandemic at all? Or were you always planning uh, this time of year? I was always planning... I was actually... My original plan was the uh, end of May to do okay. the release. And so then, of course, in March, I was kind of like, oh, shit, like, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I put it on hold. I was like, okay, you know, I'll put off the release until, like, September or something, and maybe by then things will be better. But then as you start to see that, like, you know, the world's not going back to normal anytime soon. I was kind of like, you know what, I'm not going to, I don't want to sit on this album for like until next summer. Yeah. Like I already have a whole bunch of other songs I've written that I want to start recording soon. Like I don't want to be sitting on this for another year. So I was like, I'll just put it out in the end of June anyways um, and just do whatever I can to try to support it okay. uh, in terms of performing and whatnot. So so you obviously had it already recorded well before this kind of happened. Yeah, right? we, we recorded back in October. Oh, okay. So like yeah. kind of just before shit hit the fan sort of thing. Yeah. Well, has this affected your kind of ability to... Uh, get the album out there the way you would have liked. Obviously, you can't do a, a, a typical CD release show. You can't. I don't know if you had plans to tour, but that's obviously out of the question for the foreseeable future, right? Yeah. Like, how was that? Um, you? So the funny thing with that is actually I had originally planned uh, to do a live stream as the release sort of for it because I mean, as a solo artist, I don't really have much of a following, and even Kelby sure. Numbers isn't like a huge band. So my original plan was to do uh, a live stream for the release. Um, and hope that, you know, online would be able to bring in an audience. Um, and 
I didn't end up doing that because the original plan was to do like the full band and have actually I was going to do like um, a 360 camera with the band around the camera. Oh, cool. So like people watching it, like view the show their own way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's even like a thing you can actually do through Facebook or not. I'm not know, sure. Yeah. But... yeah, it's a cool <laughs> idea though. I like the idea. But still might do it eventually. Um, so that kind of got scrapped in favor of just I did um, my own sort of acoustic live stream uh, two weekends ago or whenever it was the album yeah. came out. Um, but yeah, I, I also applied for a whole bunch of festivals this summer, so I was kind of hoping to at least get on a few stages there and do some of that and try to get the album out that way and the yeah. word out that way, which obviously is now all sort of there's gone. no there's no festivals anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. yeah that sucks. Probably not. It's, it's like I find that just overdoing this show for the past few months this way remotely and everyone's been affected by this it seems like every artist i talk to has been affected by it differently some people have had to scrap like massive tours and everything you know even recording plans if they can't get together and stuff but i guess you have the benefit of you know being a solo artist right now you can you don't need to get a band together necessarily to write new songs or to you know record right. demos or, or whatever so you, that, that's got to be a positive i guess yeah, that is a benefit, uh, especially for like you know be able to do like some of these acoustic live streams and whatnot. Sure. It's it's beneficial because it's like I am the face of the band, I guess, or whatever, because it's a solo project. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess my my biggest thing that I'm most glad about is that like I didn't release this album like two or three years ago or something, and I'm relying heavily on music as my main source of income. So yeah. I'm not right now. Like I have another job, so like at least right, I wasn't affected financially as other musicians have, which is sure. Like, yeah, it know, sucks. I, I hear, yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like there's not much like government assistance for musicians, unfortunately, and stuff. So it sounds like it's sort of a shitty deal. So I'm just that, that's I, it's unfortunate for those people, but I'm I'm kind of glad that I sort of dodged that bullet a bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
So how, how are you, pl- is basically just uh, getting the word out online, is that sort of the main way you're telling people that this exists at this point? Because, I mean, you can't uh, you can't really play shows. They're starting to happen now a bit more, but, you know, still, shows are few and far between. So are you just sort of relying on things like that live stream to sort of let people know? Yeah, yeah I've been doing stuff like that, and uh, a few, like, online open mics and stuff, like Matto Music has had their open mic online, yeah, and yeah, Caravan yeah. and stuff, so I've been doing stuff like that. Um, and I guess, yeah, maybe I'll... There's a, I was trying to do some open mics and stuff beforehand as well, some in the before four time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of been my main my main source of sort of trying to get it out. There's like stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I, I've got a whole bunch of music video ideas planned that I want to do. I, I kind of want to try to do a video for every song. So there's oh, only cool. eight songs, so it's not like a huge. Uh, wouldn't be a huge ton of work. Plus, in my in my other life, my financial life, I am a video editor, so it's you know something where I can easily. That's awesome. Yeah put that together and make music videos happen so sure yeah have you done that before like have you done videos with uh color by numbers or any of the other projects yeah color by numbers we did a couple of videos um yeah <laughs> that's about it <laughs> so at I least we, yeah. you have the professional background and you've already done this before right so at least you have the, yeah 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 exactly that's, that's so it's cool, not right? not a huge stretch to yeah okay is that something you can do on your own during this like i mean assuming this pandemic lasts you know it could last four or five more months even, or even longer, right? Like, is that something yeah. you're able, you're set up to do on your own? Uh, yeah, I mean, I could. I think I'm going to try to outsource some of it just so that it's not like a huge workload for me to do. Yeah. But uh, I have a couple ideas for some videos I want to do, a couple of them that would be something I could do by myself. So cool. Cool. I might, uh, yeah, do those ones in the near future. And then hopefully when things get a little bit more uh, open to do stuff, maybe some bigger concepts, videos or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Once you can actually leave the house and go out in the world and yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it looks yeah. like a lot of well, it looks like a lot of like Manitoba film stuff is starting up again. So That's I mean cool. it should be able to kinda you know, smaller productions get out there and sort of do things. So Well and, and venues are opening up as far as live shows too. It's just it seems like it's it's so hard because they're doing like maybe one show every week and it's usually a bigger show, right? It's not they're not yeah. Gonna, yeah. So it's 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 weird. Have you been to a show since this this started? Uh, I don't think so. I gotta try to think now. I I don't no, I guess I haven't. No. It's weird. So I went to the Park Theater uh, for their first show back with Scott Nolan. Oh, yeah. It, it, I watched it, some of that online. It, it, was, it was a great show, but it was very yeah. odd. Like, it's... it's yeah. It, it, I'm glad they did it, and I'm glad it, you know, worked out with everything, but it was chairs socially distanced apart and, and very small audience, and it's... I think we're... It's a strange new world for music just for the next little while. I, I guess the, the benefit, though, uh, for local artists is that if anyone wants to go see live music... Like none of the major touring acts or even smaller touring acts right. are coming through. It's like as a local artist, you know, you'll get the benefit of people who just want to go see music. We'll go out and see whatever band now because it's like they can't, you know, Coldplay's not coming through yeah, yeah, or yeah. Beyonce or whoever, right? So sure. it's like, <laughs> do, you, do, so you, this... do you think that this maybe kind of serves as a unintentionally, but serves as like a reset button? for music in the sense that like you know right now everyone's on the same playing field because you know someone like you who is in winnipeg and playing local shows someone who's you know considerably bigger than you and more successful and touring the country or whatever they're in the same spot like they can't play shows either so do you think this will have any like lasting impact on the way music is consumed because like you said you know people in winnipeg Mm -hmm. now they want to see a show it's going to be someone like you because... Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it does have a lasting impact that sort of, you know, people who aren't necessarily in the music scene, but are music lovers kind yeah. of realize that there is like a really thriving scene here and a really diverse scene of music in Winnipeg uh, and get more into that and sort of more su- support more of the local musicians as opposed to, you know, only going to like Coldplay or Kings of Leon or whoever the big band is that's coming through each week, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, whoever's at the MTS Center or Bella, yeah, exactly. whatever it's called now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for people who have heard uh, Color by Numbers, like how would you sort of explain the difference between this solo project and what they might be familiar with with that group? Sonically, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess like Color by Numbers, like we were talking before, is more of like a rock pop sort of thing. Whereas this is, um, a lot of these songs started from like an acoustic guitar part and then sort of I built the arrangements on top of them. So they're a little bit more... Um, organic i guess would be a word i maybe okay. used to describe it. it's kind of um i guess in the vein of like alt folk or something i suppose would be somewhat um like there's a couple of songs in the album that are a bit poppier but most of them are sort of yeah like songs that wrote an acoustic and kind of have a sort of more singer songwriter feel than like a rock band sort of thing and, and okay. they're more lush arrangements too like a lot of the arrangements are because i wasn't sort of limited to like okay bass drums and two guitars it was like what instrument can I add here? Oh, how about some strings here? Or yeah, maybe yeah. like a microcorg there and the ebo over here or something. So it gave me a bit more freedom to do that kind of stuff. So I guess the arrangements are definitely much different than what you'd hear with like color by numbers. Okay. Yeah. 
is that sort of like if we just for the for for the sake of uh, simplicity, if we call it alt folk, um, is that stuff you were listening to? Like, do you have a, a big interest in that style that maybe doesn't come out in the other band because just because of the style of, that they play? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I listen to a lot of stuff like um, like Bread Eyes or like okay. Phoebe Bridgers, stuff like that, where it is sort of more laid back and based uh, around an acoustic guitar part or whatever, and like the lyrics and the acoustic guitar are sort of the main driving thing. Yeah, and every, everything else is sort of just like a filigree or whatever, a nice little touches here and there so that's, i guess that's kind of um sort of the driving force of the song is that kind of stuff so it is different in that way okay and so like the lyrics you i guess you want them to be more at the forefront right like this is the kind of music that maybe rewards more listening more closer listening than something that's going to be more like a rock band or a pop band where it's more about kind of getting people moving right yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not necessarily about like the beat or about like the guitar riff or whatever. Sure. But, yeah, there's very few. Uh, like, there's some melodic instruments on it, but a lot of it is more just like layering and texture and whatnot. So it definitely, yeah, is more about like the lyrics and the feel of the song as opposed to like just dancing or like listening to a guitar riff or whatever. Sure. Do you um like I know you mentioned earlier that you have a lot of other songs that you've been working on too, kind of in this in this solo mode. Like, is this something that you're hoping to continue as as an equal sort of chunk of your time as color by numbers or is it going to just be determined on what's more successful or what do you plan to do there uh i mean i do want, yeah i'd love to continue because it is like something that's totally different than color by numbers mm-hmm. and something that i like do have music that i want to kind of get out there in that sort of outlet but i mean if color by numbers also takes off i would also follow that as well i don't think i would ever i don't think i'd ever stop writing music that would be my own sort of music like okay. i mentioned before i have like tons of songs i've been writing for years that are just like not meant to become color by number of songs, but I write them and demo them and just kind of put them on the shelf and maybe come back to them or whatever. Okay. How many of those songs do you have? Like, do you have like a big vault going of <laughs> just all this stuff? Oh that's... my God. I don't know. Hard drives worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have like, I, I have a bag, like, I don't know about that for the audience. You can't see yeah, I'm holding yeah. my feet about a, or about a foot apart. Um, a bag like a foot wide of notebooks and stuff oh, that's wow. like songs i've written since like i was 15 some of them are crap some of them are great some of them are mediocre yeah um but yeah i some of them actually there's one song that i played at the live stream two weeks ago that uh i wrote when i was like 15 and haven't played in years oh, wow. but i was like you know this song has this cool like guitar lick to it that opens it up so like i'll try this song out and it seems to have gotten well received so like maybe that's one that i'll bring back and start playing again <laughs> Maybe you need to dig through those old like high school notebooks. Yeah, yeah, and try to find some of the songs and maybe make them a bit better if they're kind of yeah. not all there or whatnot. How, how does that feel to play that? Like, you know, to play that now and bring that, that back? Because I'm sure, like, you know, I imagine anyone going back to something you wrote when they're 15, there's got to be some level of, like, cringiness to it, right? Like, or did you, you feel know, it was I, a fully formed song back then? Well, I think musically, I mean, it's not a complicated song. I think it's, like, three okay. chords or whatever. But, um, and it has this, like, guitar riff that's based around a D chord that sounds really cool. Um... But musically, I think it's one of the first songs I wrote where I was kind of like really happy with the uh, arrangement and the feel and whatnot of it. But the lyrics are kind of like, they're kind of dumb. Yeah, well, you're 15. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Like a, a kid growing up in St. Mattel at 15, I didn't really have any like real problems to sing about. So it's sort of just like a right. s- silly lyrics to the song. Yeah, that's, 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 sometimes that's all people want though, right? Sometimes silly lyrics. I guess, like, yeah. A yeah, song. yeah. Yeah. So I just uh, like... I know we already talked earlier about the bands you were in before this and before Color by Numbers and all that, but like you just said, you know, a kid from Save a Tell, what was your sort of entry point into the local music scene? Like, as a listener, were there certain bands that you, uh, as a teenager, were really into? Uh, I guess, like, 
I remember like Power 97 used to do their their what was it called like the class of 97 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Every year they had those CDs. Yeah. 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 So I had like, I had a couple of those CDs, and some of the bands I remember first listening to were like Waking Eyes okay. and um, Jet Set Satellite, and what's that other band? Steeplechaser. Okay. I mean, yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of like those were the bands I first remember listening to and like going to their shows and whatnot. So that's kind of it's too bad Power 97 doesn't still do that like class 97 thing. I was I remember that's how I got into a lot of local bands. Was, yeah. Like, listening to that those CDs. So that stuff was more like the, uh, I mean, I guess like modern rock sort of alt rock sort of stuff, I guess, eh? Yeah, and that's the stuff that kind of, I guess, because that's sort of where I started listening to local stuff, it's kind of stuff I sort of write in similar vein to that, I okay. guess now, especially, I think Color by Numbers is kind of in that similar vein, especially like Waking Eyes or whatever, it's that sort of poppy rock sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, sure, sure. It's like that's that power kind of pop vibe. kind of vibe, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and I guess you guys have done some Weezer stuff too, right? Like some Weezer covers, is that right? Didn't you do a whole show? Yeah, we did a, a few of those shows. We did like the Weezer tribute shows, yeah. yeah. So that, that I can see, especially with Color by Numbers stuff, that, that kind of that seems like an obvious influence. Maybe in terms of music and lyrics, I think, too. Because, I mean, from what I've heard of the Color by Numbers stuff, a lot of it is, I don't know if the word hyper-literate is the word, but like it's very kind of geeky, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's just on purpose, right? I mean, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily like on purpose or if it's just like what we subconsciously write and it comes across that way. Okay, so sure, it, it sure. It sounds yeah. that way, yeah. Like I don't know if we like purposely try to write certain lyrics or whatever for Color by Numbers stuff. It's just kind of uh, the way we write just comes across like that, okay. I guess. So, <laughs> do you find that that is kind of that whole vibe there? Is does that sort of left behind with Color by Numbers, or does it come across in your your solo stuff as well? Um. There's a, there's yeah like there's a couple songs in, on my album that are a bit poppier so I guess some some of it comes across but a lot of it's more like uh, I guess uh, mellow or not mellow but like uh, solemn is that the right word okay I don't know. sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well like more, more serious almost right I mean if it's yeah, like yeah, a humor yeah. to some of the color by numbers stuff just like sonically and lyrically right this is a little yeah, bit more a totally. little heavier right but but not heavier yeah. musically but yeah 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 exactly yeah, yeah. That's, that's heavier but lighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so who, who's i guess who's like the target audience for this no not that i need you to give me like a demographic or anything like that but like, you know, what does what facebook ads tell me my target yeah, audience yeah. Is? <laughs> what do you th- i mean when you're writing when you're putting out these songs right like who are you picturing in the audience is do you have an idea of who you think is kind of best going to receive this or is it sort of a blank slate and you're just throwing it out there into the world yeah, it's hard to tell. I don't. I honestly don't really know. I. I, I mean, I don't imagine it's like fifteen-year-old kids, but who knows? Right. It could be. Like they could yeah. hear one of the songs and be like, "This is totally my jam," right? <laughs> um, I, I guess like in terms of the the target audience, it'd probably be like, I, I guess like current people in the Winnipeg music scene is okay. kind of what I would uh, expect for, to show up at a show. I guess like people who have known um, you over the years and like been yeah or stuff been or... interested in it or whatever. Yeah, that'd yeah. be kind of my my guess. Um, and I think that goes quite well with what my Facebook analytics say, actually. Cool. Is, well, that's good. Yeah, no, Male, so... 30, 25 to 35. So. Sure, sure. Well, I'm too old for that. I'm, I'm out of that demographic. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, that's like the second level of it, I think. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so like once, you know, once we get back to civilization and things get back to normal and there's shows happening all the time, do you sort of have an idea where you're going to fit in as a performer within the local music scene? Like, do you think that there's... Not that there's like a specific venue maybe that you'd you'd fit in well at, but like, you know, other bands maybe you'd like to play with with this current project or sort of, you know, the city's divided up in so many ridiculous mini scenes and sub scenes. Yeah. Like, do you sort of know where you think you wanna fit in? Uh I'm really not sure actually. I don't know. Like there seems to be like a lot there seems to be a fair amount of like poppy acoustic-y stuff but it's, it's none of it really sounds kind of like the stuff i'm writing that yeah. I, or at least I don't i don't hear it that way but 
Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm totally not. Not totally sure where I think this would fit in in the current music scene. To be honest, oh, it may uh, not have to, right? I mean, it might. It might just yeah. be one of those things that can fit in. Start in all a new places. movement. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, solemn, solemn, uh, whatever you called it before. Yeah, heavy yeah. but light, solemn. Music. I, I need to. I need to find some good term for it. I don't know. Yeah, you need to come up with a description. Something. <laughs> something core that usually works. Just add a core to the end of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> folk core. Folk core. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So if if you know, again, like shows aren't happening right now, but if someone's hearing this and is hearing you for the first time or hearing your solo project for the first time, what's the best way for them to find out, you know, what's going on with you with potential, I guess, future live streams or future shows once things open up, or more importantly, I guess, where to get the album? Yeah, so the album's on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Okay. Um, and then I'm most active on Facebook and uh, Instagram at Jared Adams Music, and or, or the easiest way is just tragicnostalgia.ca. Cool. And then there's links from there to everything. Okay. And then, like, are you selling uh, physical copies of the album, too, or is it just strictly digital at this point? It's digital at this point, and actually, I, I got, instead of getting albums or, like, CDs made, I got a bunch of download cards made, so I'm going to, okay. I think, sell those at shows, because it's just, I don't know, I mean, I, I, yeah, you're someone who obviously listens to CDs. Yeah, but it's I know rare, though, the, it's rare. You're, you're, yeah, the vast majority of people, though, you'll, if you buy a CD, you're just going to bring it home, put it in your computer, rip it to your computer, then put it on a shelf, and it's just going to live there for the yeah. rest of its life. Until so it ends up in me, Value Village, until I buy it. Right, exactly, yeah, until yeah. somebody buys it yeah. Yeah, from Value Village. Yeah. So I just kind of like, there's no point in making CDs. So I was like, if I print download cards, it's probably like something that people would actually buy to show and you can fit in your pocket a lot easier than a CD. So. Sure. Do you think there's still a desire for people to, uh, to to pick up a physical object at a show, though? Because that's something that's, that's come up a lot on this podcast, is a lot of people who don't even listen to CDs will still make CDs because they have yeah. this kind of connection with, go to a show, buy some merch, and have some kind of memento of the show. Do you think the download think- card accomplishes that yeah i think that was kind of my plan with it. it's sort of one of those things where like you know if i just tell people oh go find it on spotify they might not do that later they might forget right sure yeah, yeah so like, yeah. having some sort of tangible thing for them to buy even if i just like give them away or whatever it's something for them to take home to remember oh yeah this is that band i saw last night that i want to like listen to or whatever right i, th- I think it's it's integral as like a, a new band to have something like that so people can remember to listen to your music later because like if you just tell them to go on spotify they might not remember no, because whatever, they're probably yeah. getting thrown 600 different artists on Spotify. Hey, check this out, yeah. check this out. And then by then exactly. you've forgotten. Yeah. My my very limited uh, exposure to Spotify has kind of showed me that, yeah, it starts throwing all kinds of stuff at you and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, th- I think the other reason I don't use Spotify is just like it's, I'm not, I'm an album person. I like to listen to albums me front too, and yeah. back. Yeah. Like I, I don't want to listen to music on shuffles. So it's kind of like, and I know Spotify's whole thing is like these algorithms where it's like, it'll pick the best songs for you. I'm like, yeah. eh. I know what I want to listen to. I want to listen to this album front to back because I've listened to it the last four days in a row front to back. So exactly. Do again. Yeah. <laughs> well, how does that how does that make you feel as a creator then when you've made this album, you know, and, and you're probably hoping people listen to the album from start to finish because you have a you know a loose concept around it and and you spend all this time on it. Like, does it bother you that it's probably going to be heard piecemeal and people are going to be just picking random parts of it and listening in whatever order? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I realize like obviously that's what most people listen to music is probably you know one song here, one song there as yeah. opposed to full albums. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I, the album does have a concept, but I don't know if it's, like, you know, listening to it in order, it, like, enhances that listening at all in okay. terms of the okay. concept. It's not like The Wall or something where really every song sort of picks up where the last one left off sure. and tells a story or something. It's, it's, all the songs just have a loose, like, theme tied to them. So, and I'm sure the people who do like that sort of stuff will end up sitting down and listening to it front to back and... Yeah, if they dig it enough, they'll yeah they'll want to check. I did I did put some thought into the sequencing. Like I didn't just throw the songs in in a random order. There is some thought to how it flows. Yeah, I mean, well, but that's almost rare now, though. I feel like that's that's kind of like a lost art is sequencing an album because so many people just do it 
to be listened to as a collection of singles versus like a, a full piece of music, right? Yeah, I, yeah, totally. And uh, you can always tell when an, when an artist has thought about it and when an artist hasn't. Like if you listen to an album front to back and it's like, just doesn't seem to flow. It's yeah, yeah. You can tell. like, here's a bunch of songs we wrote, we put them on an album. Yeah, for sure. It might as well be, be a song, compilation. But... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or for greatest sure. hits sort of or something. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Which are uh, incredibly popular for some reason. So, I mean, people still, that's, that's so I guess I think that's what you have to do. If this one doesn't work out, you got to just package it as a just, greatest hits album. As a greatest hits. <laughs> just the same, same song, same everything, and just, just write that on the front cover and you're good. Yeah. Right on. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we could do this. Um, I'm glad that you, uh, you know, despite the shitty situation the world is in right now, you've been able to release this in the way you have and that you're uh you seem still excited about it which is awesome i think that this pandemic has kind of bummed out a lot of people especially creative people because like you mentioned earlier there's not really a lot of funding or a lot of kind of supports for musicians and other artists but uh yeah you seem like you're you're pumped about it still which is kind of awesome and uh, yeah, i'm gl- glad you got it out there yeah me too i'm glad it all kind of worked out and it's not holding me back in any sort of way right on well yeah hopefully uh shows start again soon and you can start actually bringing those songs to a live audience that'd be nice Atomic gasoline, thrills, sex, and lust. 